0: into the journey podcast. This podcast is for women from all walks of life to come together and share their stories through their eyes. So thanks for taking the journey with us. Hello, everyone, and thank you to Uh, For you tuning in to another episode of the Journey Podcast, this episode is different than we've ever done before, but I'm even more than excited. This is the first time that we are bringing our podcast live to Facebook. And I'm so excited that for this first podcast journey on Facebook Live, I get to do it with my sister, Ashley Clement. Hi. Hey, sis, how are hey. you?
1: I'm good, I'm good, I'm blessed, I can't complain.
0: Awesome. So, um, there's a couple of questions that I'm going to ask you as I sent to you, um, but there will be times that I'll ask questions throughout. Uh, but let's start off with the, the basics. Can you tell everybody who you are? I know who you are, but can you tell everybody else who you are?
1: Yes, yes. Um, I am Ashley Clement. I am the founder of Mama Get Up. I am a wife of almost nine years. I am a mother of, of, of a almost two-year-old, um, and I'm super excited to be on here today. I am a loving, wonderful, happy woman of God who loves Jesus. I'm infatuated with Jesus, and I'm super excited to be on here tonight to be able to explain all of who I am and what I do, but that's in a nutshell of who I am. Also, I attend Hope City Christian Church, where my leaders are Pastor Michael and Jamie Weatherby. So that's who Ashley is.
0: Awesome. So um, you talked about it a little bit, uh, but I want you to go more deeper into uh, your business and more about, you know, where that was birthed from and all those things. Uh, But before you do that, I met you as a poet, right? So that's how our relationship oh, started. yes. i poet too, guys. Yes, so talk, <laughs> talk a little bit more about that, your life as a poet and now with your organization and all those great things you're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I was a poet. Well, I am currently still a poet. I'm just not an active poet at this current moment. But I am am a poet. I began doing poetry at around, I I started writing it at about 12 years old, but I didn't start performing poetry until I was 16 years old. And it was something that I do believe that God allowed me to see at a very young age to use it for his glory. Uh, God had started prompting me to writing, writing poems specifically all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had me writing deep poems that really a lot of 16 year olds weren't writing. But um, God really pressed upon me to write out my testimony and to write out different, various things he wants the church to know. So my first poem uh, was, was called The Gift, and it was speaking specifically about a girl who had, was in God, lost her gift, and, and she went through various trials and tribulations, and then she came back to God. And I hadn't realized that at 16, God had me write out my own testimony before it even happened it was something that I did not know was about to happen to my life I just thought I was this really saved churchy you know how I just knew I was going to be with Jesus because I knew I was super saved so when I wrote that poem it was something that I just felt like I couldn't identify with because I just knew I was going to heaven I knew I was never gonna mess up I was not gonna slip up um, but God allowed that poem to happen so I began uh the journey of losing my gift it was at 18 I went to college I wilded out like what college student does it, but because i grew up in a christian home that was very uh sheltered I, I wanted to go to college and i wanted to turn up i didn't want to live the way that my mom wanted me to live or my dad wanted me to live i wanted to live my own life and experience my own experiences because the grass seemed so much greener and i went out there and i did my thing i was very promiscuous i was always high i got drunk a lot i was living a life that god had not uh particularly love for me to live and i knew who he was i knew he didn't want me to do these things but i kept doing them anyway secretly while still going to church still pretending to be this leader still pretending to lead these youth uh telling everybody i was so safe sanctified filled with the holy ghost i had a lot of inward sin too that's just outward sin that's not even the inward stuff i was dealing with Mm -hmm. and um i remember when i was up there doing the poem I'm telling you, I felt like this whole God's whole spirit leave me. It was like, Bye bye. I can't be a part of this. I know you're lying. You're telling these people that you're doing one thing but you're living another life. So He left me and I could no longer sing poetry like I used to. So I kind of shut down poetry for at least five years, four, four years. um, I had stopped doing poetry. And then the Lord, when I got delivered, when I gave my life back to Christ, he reignited that gift in me and it got cultivated. And then I started doing more poetry. Then I wrote up my testimony piece, which is entitled Liar. I started traveling. And then from there, that's been what God has definitely been using me I've written other poetry but yeah. that seemed to be the one that resonated with a lot of people so that was that was my poetry journey it okay. makes
0: sense so I, I tried to go back and to really think about where it was that we met and we mm-hmm. actually met at a time that you were doing your own podcast so talk talk about that experience oh
1: yeah so yeah I remember okay see she pulling out all the stuff I forget y'all <laughs> get a little older you forget a lot of stuff So listen, I did a uh, radio show, which was called Center Stage Radio. And at that time, that's when God reignited the gift of poetry in me. So I was really excited to get back in. And I started realizing when I was traveling to all these churches, there were like no other Christian poets anywhere. Like I couldn't find nobody. I tried my hardest. I couldn't find nobody who was like me. And I remember God at that time started connecting me to a bunch of people who were poets, singers, rappers, and all that stuff that loved Jesus. And it was super exciting to be able to connect with others. But I felt like I wasn't getting enough. And I remember my pastor, my apostle now, Apostle David Fitzgerald, he came to me and he said, daughter, we need to start a a radio show because this is I believe this is going to let you get people outside of your normal spectrum. It's going to have you reach other people. And I remember um, getting various artists on the show and I, I do believe somebody referred you to me. I don't know. I can't remember who, but somebody did. I
0: can't remember either, but... Somebody
1: did. Somebody did, because I I wasn't really known, so I didn't really know a lot of people, but I, I wanted to connect with someone, and I do believe that somebody connected me to Simone, and when we connected... She was also another poet who was doing some pretty big things in in, in, in the poetry scene. I remember oh, you were having So She Speaks. That's when you know it was a baby. She was she was doing her thing.
0: Baby, Jesus. yeah, it was
1: a baby, and and I, I remember her uh, birthing this, and she was really excited about it. She came on the show she killed the show it was it was a good it was a good time and i connected with her that's how we connected but yeah. that show was strictly co- uh created for artists especially because back then poets weren't really the thing
0: nah. so
1: we weren't something that all. people like to really use so i wanted to create a platform for poets and that's where it really you know sparked out It was multiple reasons as to why it happened but poets were really at the center of what we were doing so that's how Simone and I had
0: met absolutely yeah I don't even remember it was it was it was one of those like Christian rappers that's was like hey you gotta like okay and at that time also I was going through that experience like at my church like we we would do poetry but it was just like a, oh, okay where's the praise dancers yeah yeah right oh, yeah fellow. I was definitely eternally grateful that that connection happened um so today I want you to really talk about um that sign that is behind you and I want you to talk about your journey of, of getting to your now organization and all the like some things that went through that time um, I love hearing your testimony listen you know I'm an advocate for everything that you
1: are Amen. doing uh,
0: so can you share with the listeners about your journey to where you are now
1: oh yes yes um uh I am the founder again of mama get up I know the whole sign can't be seen but It's entitled Mama Get Up, like my sister said, who is a great supporter. She is a part of this ministry, so it's super exciting to have a sister that is like-minded with you to be a part. But this ministry was birthed out of one of the hardest seasons of my life. I tell people this all the time. I was in one of the greatest pits of my life. Uh, God had allowed me and my husband to get pregnant after seven years of infertility. So it was something really big for us. You know, Wow, we're finally pregnant. God allowed this big thing to happen in us. So we were super excited. We believed that the hardest part of our journey was over. And we didn't even realize that God was just beginning the journey for us. So we had gotten pregnant, but while pregnant, I went through a series of health issues and it just seemed like it was problem after problem. It just it, it wasn't the fairy tale pregnancy that I had asked God for. I I I said finally when I get pregnant, I wanted to be like a parade. I wanted to be like you know, streamers coming down. Like, it's just the most beautiful, epic season of my life. And it didn't seem to always come out that way. My pregnancy wasn't horrible, but it wasn't the way that I had imagined. So, for me, I was a little depressed, and it took me a little time to connect with my son because I was getting a little upset with myself that it wasn't the, the way I wanted it to be. So, I wasn't really, you know, how everybody rubbing their stomachs and all that. Yeah. I wasn't doing that. I, I was over pregnancy after, like, month six. I was ready for it to be different yes i was over i was like listen just get them out of me i love them. i just want them out i don't want this pregnancy thing anymore so as the wind down to the pregnant at the end of the pregnancy um, I started to experience like really bad uh, chest pains. I was coughing. I couldn't breathe. And when I kept going back to the doctor, they kept saying, "Oh, this is normal. This is normal. This happens all the time with mothers." So I believed them, and I and I listened to them, no matter how worse how much worse it got, because it was to the point where I wasn't sleeping at night because I couldn't breathe ninety percent of the time. Um, but they said it was normal, so I went ahead with it. And so now we get towards the tail end of my pregnancy, and they tell me my son's too big. It's time to go get and go in and be induced because you know it, he's 10 pounds and I'm not pushing a no 10 pound baby so I said let's get the c-section on a roll and um so now we get into uh labor and labor was hard it was tough mm-hmm. uh labor I went through a lot of hills and valleys my my blood pressure dropped it spiked really high my son's heartbeat went low um it was just 27 hours of labor that was the hardest 27 hours of my life uh one doctor said c-section another doctor said push it was just constant back and forth a lot of big words i didn't understand and it was coming to a point where i started feeling really sick i didn't feel good and um it was time to go and get a c-section finally they agreed to it and while i'm on the table i remember uh just begging god i felt like it was a dark cloud around me it's like something following me like doom i spoke horrible I felt scared and I was just like God please don't let me die like this I remember just constantly telling him this while I'm heading to get the C-section Lord just please don't let me die like this let me see what you promised me and I remember um God really trying to calm me down but Ashley was all in the way and it went crazy. So uh C-section was going and I couldn't breathe again. I felt like I was like an elephant was on my chest and I told the nurse I feel like I'm about to pass out and die. The nurse was like just pass out. You'll be all right. They yeah. shoved off what I was feeling and I knew something was wrong with me. They kept saying, your pulse ox is fine. Your, your breathing is great. I don't know what you're talking about. And I kept telling them, I feel like I can't breathe. And they didn't listen to me, obviously. So when my son came out, my son had to be rushed to the NICU because he swallowed a lot of amniotic fluid. Mm-hmm. And when he swallowed a lot of amniotic fluid, it clouded his his lungs. He had an enlarged heart. He uh, had a leaky valve. It it was just really looking bleak for him. So he had to be rushed to NICU. And as for me, they sold me back up sent me out and three days later they're shipping me out so my son is still in the NICU i'm home while home i saw i was crying a lot i couldn't focus i just i just felt like doom was constantly around me i just was so unhappy and and i kept crying and crying and crying i had constant um, anxiety attacks and um I, I just couldn't understand what was going on with me and i remember god had um spoke to me and he said uh you know actually You know, I want you to focus. I want you to get focused. And I couldn't get focused. I couldn't get my mind together. And I remember while I was at home and I was in the shower, I felt like I was about to pass out. Like, I I felt like I was all over the place. Like, it just felt like my body was, like, just falling. It's nothing I could do. I felt sick. I felt horrible. I felt weak. And I was like, God, if you want me to go to the hospital, tell me. He said, go now. So I go to the hospital with my husband. Um, And while I'm there, um, actually, the crazy part was when I was in the hospital, I actually was texting you. You had asked me something, and I said, since I'm going through postpartum depression. Yeah. And that was, I I couldn't tell anyone. I, I didn't know who else to tell. I just felt like, I knew I felt like I was going through constant anxiety attacks, and I was crying all the time. I knew it was postpartum depression, but I didn't know who else to tell. And you just happened to text me, and that's when we were talking about it. It's crazy. I was in the hospital. God reminded me of that moment, but. While we were in there, I, just, I was fidgety. I couldn't sit still. I kept having anxiety attacks. anxiety attacks. And it took them eight hours to finally see me. And when they did see me, um, it took about eight hours after that for them to do something for me. And when they finally realized what was going on with me, they diagnosed me with peripartum cardiomyopathy, which is heart failure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went through uh, heart failure after giving birth to my son, which is, which is uh, uh, preeclampsia or afterbirth. So you basically go through this spike in your blood pressure. Um, it, it's all over the place. Your body, your heart doesn't respond well to it. And ultimately, you you uh, revert into heart failure. It's not like any other type of heart failure. This is strictly from um, labor. This is strictly from labor. This is not something that you can just get on any other day. It's only strictly through labor. Um, so I happened to get this rare disease. And my heart was only operating at 30%. I was going through postpartum depression. I couldn't connect with my son. I didn't want to see my son. I didn't want to hold my son. I didn't want to look at my son. But then there were days I wanted to see him, but then I go and see him. And I wasn't happy to see him. It was just like, I was all over the place with so much going on. And I was so mad at God because I felt like he robbed me of the experience he promised me. Mm
0: -hmm. I felt like I said,
1: I thought you told me that you were going to allow me to get pregnant because mind you, me and God had these conversations back and forth for over a year about me getting pregnant. He told me I was going to get pregnant. I didn't believe him because evidence was with all these doctors telling me it wasn't going to happen. I felt like it wasn't. So then he let it happen. And then I felt like he robbed it. He robbed me. So I was mad at God. I didn't want to talk to God. I didn't want to look at God. Because I said, how is it that you say you love me? And how is it that you say you want to give me an experience, but yet you robbed me? I can't deal. I didn't want to deal with God. And I remember going through really bad anxiety attacks. And God was telling me, he said, I'm going to use your story. I'm going to use your story. I didn't want to hear it. Of course, I'm mad at God because I'm like, what story? I don't have a good story. I don't want to tell people this depressing story. And uh, I remember one of the, after one of the worst anxiety attacks of my life, I promise you, this was it was horrible. It's like I was laying on the floor. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I was I felt like I lost consciousness. God told me I would birth mama get up. And I said, Oh no, not me. It can't happen. It's something wrong with me, God. I'm 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 mentally spent. I can't get myself together. I'm barely managing being a good mom myself. Like I don't understand how I'm gonna be a mother to help other mothers when I'm Jack. Like, I don't have it, God. I don't even wanna be around my son. How you gonna give me something like this? And God told me that he was gonna use my testimony because there are other mothers who were in the place that I was in that are often forgotten about. And he gonna let me live to tell the story so other mothers can get out from where they are. And God told me I wasn't gonna be in this place always. And he told me that he was gonna pull me out of this pit and that he was gonna renew me and that he was gonna allow me to receive rest. God just started ministering to me. And I remember that day he ministered to me. I felt so much peace. I felt like a cool come over me. And he told me he wanted to give me rest. And that day he gave me rest. And he said, Ashley, you will birth mama get up. So we get closer to the time and God pushes me to now pray. He says, go live and pray. I said, oh, no, Jesus. About a year ago,
0: right? Yeah, a year
1: ago. He said, go live and pray. I said, no, absolutely not. I'm I'm just kind of coming out of this thing. I don't want to get on here and, and I don't know what to say to these mothers. And he just told me to open my mouth. He said he'll speak through me. And um that was one of the most uh sought after prayers that I didn't even know about. I didn't even know many, I I mean, I got floods of messages from mothers who had experienced the same thing. And God said, this is what this ministry is about. It's not about the numbers. It's about the impact and leading mothers back to me. And, And so now through that, that birth, that hard place, that really hard place had birthed one of the greatest blessings to not only my life, but other mothers that are connected to this ministry. And that is through that long story. That is how mama get up was birthed.
0: I I love it Um, and there's so many things within your story that I definitely want to dive deeper in Um, one of those things is the um, importance of making sure that your voice is heard I often think about uh, Serena Williams and she when she tells her story about how the doctors and nurses weren't listening to her Mm -hmm. I just think about like you and just like you know what if you didn't continue to make sure your voice was heard Um, Mm -hmm. that is a major part of your journey that is just like I love it because, you know, I, I, I did, you know, there were my, my postpartum didn't happen to after with that, those things. So I, I act, was blessed to have a great delivery. Even right. with Sydney having her heart rate, um, start to, uh, deplete, but we were able to get it back up. So those parts weren't like an issue for me, right. the doctors, but to hear that you were, you know, listen to yourself and having that, that voice of discernment that, you know, Sometimes, you know, people, because they're not Christians, they like, oh, I don't have it, but when you hear that small voice, that's God, that's discernment, okay? Absolutely. Uh, And people don't, um, take it for that. The other part of it is that, um, your, your journey and where you are now was birthed out of a hard place. And uh, so many people, we, we don't say what's going on because we are uh, embarrassed or yeah. we are confused or that we are hurt about this place that we were in. So it's just like, why would I talk about this? If, you know, I'm not fully healed from it. So your obedience to being able to, to, To birth something out of that is something that I just love about your journey. And then the fact that you have this platform and you said something that's very important but I think sometimes people forget that it's not about the number, but it's about the impact.
1: The impact. And I think
0: that we live in a society of social media, so we're all about how many likes can I get? How many mm-hmm. comments can I get? Exactly. So that when we don't get those likes and we don't get those comments, we start to feel uh, depressed. We start to feel defeated. We start to feel like what we're doing is not enough. Um, so I am just, you know, and you know, I tell you all the time that I'm grateful that you create this platform for so many women, so many mamas to just get up and feel empowered, even if, you know, it's two of us you right. know, on our prayer cards at 4 a.m., Jesus, Lord, you, are, you are consistent huh? about it. So uh, yes. I, I just love that part of your journey. Uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, I like to think, you know, we're parents, so we watch these kids shows. And one of those shows is Dora the Explorer yes carries a backpack and i believe that um all of us in the in the spiritual we have an invisible backpack that we are carrying around to help us get through the journey so can you share like what are some of the things that were inside your backpack it may have been a song a scripture a quote uh people that you know carry helping you get along with that but what would you say is in your invisible backpack
1: oh and my invisible backpack mine would definitely be prayer Mm-hmm. One thing that I realized about prayer is it has a way to restore what feels so depleted. Yeah. And one thing I know as mothers, we life is just real for us. You know, we don't always get time to really sit down and have a nose snotting, foaming at the mouth kind of prayer. We don't have that time. I get that. But one thing that I realized that even like with my son, when I'm with him, I got allowed moments like that where he would be playing and God would just say, talk to me. Like while he's playing, while he's doing something, talk to me. Tell me, tell me what's on your heart, spill it out to me. And I realized that all those times where I would try to be strong and sometimes God has to remind me like, Ash, stop, talk to me hello what's going on because in his in his presence that's where you find rest that's where you find peace you know what I'm saying that's where you find joy it's, it's in those moments with God that is where he restores you where you're depleted he, he comes in and he becomes strong in your life like in those in those times of my life I realized that I need prayer more than I need air Absolutely. so I make sure in that backpack if I don't do nothing else, even, and then it doesn't have to be deep moms, Cause that's one thing that we always think we got to do. We got to, you know, reach the throne of grace. Listen, if you stand in there, it's like, God, give me patience. I need your peace, I need your mind. God, just like, give me your mind. Give me, cause you know, especially when you got toddlers, you know,
0: you can't pray them long prayers all the time.
1: Listen, listen, you can't, they don't ever let you get it. And sometimes they just, they test your gangster. So you always got to make sure, you, you know, know please give me patience. Let me love him the way you love him. Show me how to parent him. You know, I say little lines like that and it still reaches heaven just as much as a prayer that's all long and elongated. Of course, you always need, don't get me wrong, you always need to carve out time for God. I'm not saying that you don't need to. But as mothers, because we're always constantly on the go, make sure that you have those intimate times of prayer. So that's one thing that's in my backpack. Another thing that is in my backpack is a coach, spiritual counselor, therapist. Mm-hmm. I am a mother that is an advocate for Jesus in therapy, and period. I'm a mama that seeks Jesus in therapy. If you are not in therapy and you are a mama that has experienced any type of trauma, just a mom, period. Sometimes you just just you just you need somebody to talk to. That's what I said, a coach. It may not always be therapy level for you. Maybe you just need somebody to keep coaching, keep you in line. You know what I'm saying? Um, or somebody who has achieved motherhood. You just need somebody you can chat with. You cannot do this by yourself, mama. You cannot be your own village. It's 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 not going to happen. You mentally need to be uh constantly challenged and checked and reverted. You need somebody who re- who will help you re- First of all, they'll lead you back to Jesus. I'm, I'm speaking on a Christian aspect. You yeah. need somebody who knows Jesus and can lead you back to Jesus and got the Holy Ghost, who's not afraid to tell you about yourself, not afraid to put you back in order and send you back on your, your, you know, your job. So I, I would definitely say a therapist is needed. It is important. It is essential. Coach, whatever. I have one. I have no shame in saying it. It's important because you got to dig into those areas of your life. And if you are not a healthy mama, you cannot have a healthy child. Absolutely. Period. You have to be mentally healthy, you're gonna put whatever you got in you into your child, so you have to be very sure that you're getting sound doctrine sound sound advice um and another thing is and this is my uh on my band actually that I got from Mama get up it says she will not fail God is within her, she will not fail that is my my theme scripture, and I will post it. My brain is all over the place, but it is a scripture, and I do believe it's in proverbs: she will not fail, you cannot fail and I do I put this on me. I don't take these two braces off. I got this one from the NICU and it says one day at a time. But this scripture, I can say these are in my backpack because these are two things that I constantly wear. People like, you don't match your outfit. don't ah. matter. Yeah. It don't matter because if people only knew How I left that hospital with this band on, you will understand why I keep it on. I realize one day at a time, I look down and say, all right, Ash, remember one day at a time with my scripture, she will not fail. I'm I'm reminded that because God lives within me, I can't fail. Nothing that I do will fail. Nothing, nothing that I can say and do will fail when he's within it. You know what I mean? God keeps me in line. So these are things that are in my spiritual
0: background. Amen um so there are there's two more things that i want to ask so one more was a question that, that i typically ask um but then mm-hmm. it's a, a bonus question that i want to add in that i typically don't do because my uh podcasts are pre-recorded but because this is live i can ask you something that's happening in the now so okay. before i get to that question i want to ask uh, you what are some empowering words you can share with someone who may be going through a similar journey
1: what some empowering words that I will say to a mom that's going through the same journey, you will get up. You'll get up. I think uh, in the moment when we're going through, we have a tendency to only see our here and now. And one thing that I kept saying when I was in that badge, I just want to go back to being Ashley again. Yeah. I just want to be Ashley again. God, can you just, I want to be normal again. Can you please just make me normal? I just, I would cry and ask God, please, I don't want to feel this anymore. I don't, I don't want to be sad anymore. I don't want to be depressed anymore. God, I just, I don't want to feel doomed. I I, I just want to live. I want to be happy again. Make me Ashley again. And I remember God said, I can't, I can't make you Ashley again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He said, I can't. If I make you that Ashley again, then you won't be equipped for where I'm taking you to. I have to make you new. God said you needed this journey. It had to make you new. And one thing that I will say to you, mama, is that I know the way your situation looks now, but God has greater in store for you. God has something pretty powerful for you on the end of this. So I know you want to go back to being who you were. I know you don't like who you are, but I want to remind you that God has said about you that you will get up. And you will be renewed you will be revived you will be restored it won't always be like this and i know everybody's like girl you it's going to pass in a day or two and it seems like yours might be taking a year all right mine took about a good year to get out of I'm going to be honest with you. It's not, I, I didn't get one of those fairytale ones that was only two weeks. I didn't get baby boobs. I got postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD, all this other stuff. Didn't like my body. Didn't like this. Didn't like that. It was a whole bunch of that yeah. I went through. And it took me a year to kind of hop out of it. And I wanted to tell you that, you know, even if yours take a year, it takes two years, you will get up. You will. Because at a certain point of your life, you'll stop and say, you know what? what i've got going on in my life may not be perfect but you know what god has been sustaining me you'll realize that in order for me to get my freedom i gotta get up you know you start to get into these places where you start to think in your mind like yo being in this place i can't stay here no more yeah eventually your time is up you outgrew this place and eventually you will get up and you will smile again and you will have joy again. So one thing that I would say to empower you is to be reminded that you will get up and that you will not always be this way. You will not go back to being who you were. You will be who God creates you to be. And that's that new person, that new revived, restored mama. Because if you go back to being who you were, you won't be able to survive where God is taking you to. Absolutely. You won't be able to access it. You won't be able to appreciate it. So look at these moments as moments of growth. Yeah. Look at these moments as moments of God healing and delivering you allow God to pull out all that ugly stuff that you've hidden for years, because this is one thing that God did with me. He dealt with those issues. There was stuff that I hid for years. So even in the throes of postpartum depression, God allowed other things in my life to get exposed so I could get delivered. You think this is a place where God just want to throw you in a pit. No, this is a place where God wants to do secret deliverance. This yeah. is where he wants to do secret healing. This is the place where he wants you to ugly cry. This is the place where he wants you to get all that's in you out of you so that he can restore you. Because the thing is, God can't live in a place filled with junk. So yeah, what partner. he did and he loved you so much that he will pull you into this pit and allow this dirty process to be done in a hidden place so that when he pulls you out, he can restore you and watch this and you'll look better than when you went in. Okay. It's, it, I'm telling you, it's, it's something that God does even in the ugliest processes to renew us and revive us. So, and my thing of, 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 of encouragement of empowerment is that mama, you will get up again. That's my thing. I
0: love it. I love it. Um, so as we know, um, the recent uh incident that's been happening around the world. Um, yeah. with, you know, George Floyd and all of that. And today, um, because this is live, I can say this uh June fifth we are um June second, sorry, I'm I'm go ahead. It's okay. and we are taking this uh day as a blackout Tuesday. Um, but I wanted to even though, you know, many people are not on social media today, I still wanted to create this this place because a lot of times when us blacking out, you know, voices are not heard. And I wanted to make Definitely. sure that this, your voice, which is such a powerful voice, not only for mamas, but I think for the world in general needed to be heard. Uh, and having a, a black son and a black husband, I just wanted to, um, Just to ask you about, you know, what has been your feelings with that? uh, Because that is very much a part of your journey, a part of your story um, that, you know, I wanted to know, like, what, what is it that you've been feeling throughout all that has been going on?
1: (sighs) My heart's been grieved as a wife, like you said, as a mother, as a daughter, as a niece, anything, I've, I'm connected to multiple black men, um, and it's really hard to see our black men become stripped of their voices and of their freedom because of all the craziness that is going on here in the earth. And as an intercessor, and I'm sure intercessors all around the world, we are just grieved. We are grieved in our spirits because it's just, it's so much heaviness and so much pain going on in the hearts of the people. But God continually reminds me because I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I had my moment of fear. I said, my husband goes out for work every day, and he's not the the typical, you know, I guess, thuggish looking, because that's what they love to, you know, stabilize them, uh, you know, uh, call them. They say they they thuggy, they look like this, they look like that. He's not your average, I guess, typical Black guy, but at the same time, he's a Black man, and he goes to work, and he goes and gets my son, and he takes care of my son, you know, a great great father. And then I have my son, who's a Black male. Uh, You know, it, it just overwhelms yeah. me with uh fear sometimes because I'm like my son and my husband have to go out. Even the other day uh we went out my husband and my son we were all out and um I remember we were walking down a block and it was all uh, Caucasian homes. These are people with all Caucasian homes. And my son walked up on one of their lawns yeah. and he was playing with, you know, stuff that was on their lawn. I got so gripped with fear. I grabbed him because I said, oh no, I don't want him to be on this yeah. lawn. And they say he was taking something from them. I, it's like your brain goes into this instant hysteria because of all that is going on. And God had to give me peace with that and say, I will cover my children he said I'll always take care of my children and he said um you know I, he wanted me to start to pray for fear one thing that we must be very mindful of is that we are not led by fear yeah you know what I'm saying it's normal to feel fear but it's not okay to be led by fear hmm you know what I'm saying? So we have to be very careful that in this time, especially with all this hysteria going on, with all this pain going on, all this turmoil, all this depression, all this anger, because people are looting. It, look, you know, it's, it's getting crazy out here. One thing that we have to be very mindful of is that we do not react in fear. We do not respond in fear. We do not respond out of an of instant reaction, but we, we, we stand on, okay, we might have a little fear of what's going on, but we stand on the faith that god has given us we stand in in obedience to who he said we are we continue listen prophesy over these black men we we as even us black women we are target too so i can't even say that we all you know uh don't experience different types of hardship i'm sorry my son is so loud but um uh the thing that i um i recognize is that our, our voices are so powerful with god like you know our voices can can change. We've got the power in our mouths to change and uh, the, the trajectory of all yes. that is going on. And I realized that if we start to prophesy and pray over our Black men, we'll begin to see a difference, a change. Um, and, and, you know, and I think really because we'll start to get instruction from heaven. So I know all that is going on can be a bit crazy. It grieved my heart as well. I'm not going to say like I didn't feel it. I felt the heart uh, when I saw that man die on that ground. That broke my heart. It broke my heart because I could see my husband in that place. I could see my son in that place. Anybody, nobody's exempt from this this type of of brutality. But one thing that I can say is that when we begin to speak over our husbands, over our sons, over our cousins, over our nephews, over our fathers, you know, we'll begin to hear instruction from heaven and God will continue to cover his people. I think we just got to stop operating out of fear and out of hysteria and operate in the spirit of God and operate in faith and obedience to god and prophesy use what your mouth is a weapon to the enemy and i think when we start taking back what god has given us and using it for our good and using it for growth and using it for power and what he predestined it to be for we'll begin to see rapid growth and rapid change it's just we need to be unified in using what god has given us so that's really where i'm at with this right now but i'm definitely constantly in prayer and constantly in worship with this because I, I do believe it is not only grieving my heart, but I know it's grieving women all over the world, men all over the world with what's going on. So that would be my, you know, advice to it all.
0: Yes. Oh, I love you. Um, I thank you for um, being willing to be a part of this, uh, being my first live oh. guest on the podcast. Oh. Uh, I want people to follow you. I want people to stay involved um, with you because Mama Get Up, as a, you know, as we speak about prophesying, shall be a global organization Amen. for women. Um, and I want people to, you know, be a part of that journey. So mm-hmm. give them your information. How can they follow you on social media? Um, your website. Tell them about your uh, products that you have. All those things. Let people know how they can support this amazing journey.
1: Praise God. So listen, y'all. I have. Multiple things. So I am on Facebook and I am also on Instagram and they are the, the handle names for both of them are mama underscore get up. You can find them on Facebook. If you are a mother and you need to be empowered and encouraged, we do have a private Facebook group. Um, God has really changed how I, I handle it. I do want to continue to do Facebook live prayers that are, you know, open to all. But at the same time, God has given me a specific burden for just mothers. So I wanted to give that platform for mothers to continue to be poured into and encouraged and revived privately. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you are a mother who wants to be revived privately, who wants some encouragement, please find us in our private Facebook group, Mama Comma Get Up. So that is our private Facebook group. Also, I have a website, which is Mama dash get up.com. and that is where i have my whole website it tells you about who mama get up is who i am what we do what our mission is uh what we sell we sell multiple merchandise we sell uh mama get up water bottles uh we sell Uh, bracelets the one I have on currently Um, we also sell two different types of t-shirts we sell pins all of that stuff is on our Facebook page we do daily we do uh, monthly we do some giveaways we also accept diaper donations toy donations so that we can help mothers all over with different things that they may need so if you have extra diapers in the house you want to go purchase some and you just want to donate it please do we take diapers from newborn to to, to size, I believe, five or six. I don't, re- I don't remember, but we take it all the way up there. So we want to be a blessing. We do pull-ups. We do it all. So wipes, whatever it is. So if you would like to donate any of these things to us so that we can provide it for mothers in our communities, that will be perfect. Also, when uh, we got some new things coming up, as well as when the band lifts, we plan to do parenting classes. We plan to uh, 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 do other things in the community. We want to c- connect with community leaders so that we can start getting more out there so they we can help encourage and empower other mothers so that is where we are currently so please follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well as check out our website so you can continually stay connected with us and that is all I have
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again, Ashley, for being a part of this podcast. Um, Life won't be easy, but it's a journey worth taking. So thank you for taking the journey with me. Thank you to all of our listeners. I hope that you were encouraged and that you will follow Ashley with all the amazing things that she's doing. Um, Continue to stay safe and enjoy the rest of your day. (laughs) Yeah <laughs> you here, you